assume that he brought the lizard with him. Like he just carries Where? one around. Where'd he put it? <laughs> he hooped it. Tell me. He hooped it. <laughs> there are good movies and there are great movies. But that's not what we watch here because this is shitty cinema. You got one way out of this. Terrible Nicolas Cage voice. <laughs> but a decent Matthew McConaughey? <laughs> we are three filmmakers who love to take on the worst movies we can find. Set it around our monthly theme to answer one simple question. Would you watch it again? I'm Jay, and I'm joined by Dave, Ella, and Casey. Jessica Beale, you earned your check, girl. Every week, one of us has to pick a movie based on that month's theme. What's this month's theme, Casey? We wanted to come in hard, and we wanted to come in fast, so we came in uncaged, baby. Oh. It's Nicolas Cage month. What a way to kick off a sixth season than with Saint Nicolas Cage. <laughs> He's not a knight, yeah, I remember Dave. That from He's Catholic a school. saint. Why not both? Last week... I fucked up. I brought Vampire's <laughs> Kiss. It was so much worse than I remembered. Oh, it was worse. She said Dave, yeah. You you went in a different direction this week. Yeah, I went I went with a different kind of terrible this week. A very yeah. different kind. I went with a film from 2007 that I know I saw sometime around then but didn't remember much. And when I looked it up, I saw that it was based on a story by Philip K. Dick and thought, "Hey, that's all I need personally, I am in for it. Uh, to later find out that unfortunately that based on was doing some heavy lifting. This week we watched the incredibly generically named film Next. Just Next. Thank you. N-E-X-T. Next. Thank you. <laughs> next. God, this movie really needed a, uh, a, this movie really needed a song written for it and performed in the movie. All right, Dave. Before we go too far, we're going to need an elevator pitch where you sell us on this movie in 10 seconds or less. Here's your setup. Dave, I think the trip to Vegas was a good idea. Unfortunately Jeez. for you, it you just happen is. to show up at a time when Nick Cage is escaping from some bodyguards and you happen to be the perfect diversion. So in the 10 seconds before Nick Cage uses you to get away from the guards, sell us on this movie. Nicholas Cage has precognition and uses it to seduce Bessica Jeel and maybe stop or maybe not a choose your own nuke venture. Five <laughs> seconds. I am fucking train wrecked Man, by it's... the wordplay there. I don't I don't even I don't have much to say. You basically summed it up though. I'm yeah. really impressed. That was that was tight. You and and you did all of that without mentioning the part that really, really made me angry. Yeah. The wordplay was necessary to give me something fun to do in this fucking generic ass. She film. wasn't six Spoiler. months pregnant, was she? <laughs> did they say that in the film? I'm gonna fight someone and it's I gonna be so. Nicolas Cage. And he is not gonna care that I'm a woman. I am a combatant to him. Case wasn't really the plan, but you're actually out in Vegas for a girls' weekend yourself at the same time that I'm there. You're a little bit on it this weekend, you know? You've been Thank at it you. for a while. You're you're about 60 hours into the bender at this point. You're You know, it's all hands on deck. 100%. All hands. Yeah. You're you're at the roulette table and you're operating off vibes alone at this point and 
The vibes right now are you just saw me about 60 feet away get open mouth kissed by Nicolas Cage. And you're not entirely sure what that means cosmically, but you know roulette-wise it means put it all on double zero. Obviously, (laughs) yes. It's a sign. (laughs) Because that's what my eyes look like staring at that picture. Yeah. You've got about 10 seconds before a tiny metal ball decides if you lose everything. In the time before that happens, sell us on this movie. A magician with a Beethoven Merkin 51st dates Jessica Biel and runs from Russians, culminating in Nick Cage red light, green light with the FBI. (gasps) Eight Eight seconds. seconds. And that is a detailed description with the The, 51st dates really got me. The description of it as 51st dates is horrifying in its accuracy. And not wrong. And not wrong. Yeah. You... (laughs) The way they show him splitting up and like trying different things in his own future, I imagine he just did that to her for like two hours straight in that restaurant. Actually, if Adam Sandler's remote control only had a rewind button, you could make this same movie. I don't want it. Please don't tell him that. You know he listens. Is there an Adam Sandler (laughs) Nick Cage crossover? Uh, I hope that's too much ego on one set. Are you kidding me? If we want to have any contacts for your elevator pitch, Casey, we should go over the movie that Shitty Cinema watched. No, no contacts. Not this week. Absolutely not. This is the week we skip it. Nick Cage is an illusionist called Chris Johnson with a residency show in Vegas. When the film opens with a really sad performance to a very small crowd, I initially assumed that Jessica Biel was going to provide meaning to his life. Instead, the voiceover tells us Chris actually has a superpower. Which is the ability to see two minutes into the future for things that affect him. It's an S-tier ability, and I just can't wait to talk about the ways in which it's used. <laughs> oh my god, So I have so many questions. Oh, and I he's have. using it yes. so very wrong. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, what's really going on is Chris's power has brought him to the attention of the feds and terrorists who are both competing for his attention. And by attention, Dave means one of them wants to lock him in a room with his eyes forced open to be used like an oracle for violence, and the other are terrorists. Omo, FBI senpai noticed me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. And we got, I I almost forgot, we got to talk about Nicolas Cage's torture rant. Is Nicolas Cage's torture being forced in a room with a woman his own age? (laughs) (laughs) Is that what's, was that the torture? Yeah, oh you my found god, it. fine lines. Ugh. Well, you're not wrong, Jay. The movie tells us that the feds want Chris because they're going to use him to help find terrorists that somehow obtained a nuke. And the terrorists want him dead because they somehow know about him and that he can see the future and that the feds want him and that he's going to stop their nuke. They're the like, man told him. They're really well-sourced terrorists. <laughs> like their boss read ahead in the script of the movie. Right, yeah, absolutely. And is also the man. They never name him, it's just the man. As a further twist, Chris's two-minute precognition rule is broken when he has a vision of Jessica Biel's character, Liz, at a diner at some vague point in the future. He just, (laughs) he knows it's 8.09, he doesn't know 8 a.m. or p.m. or what day, so he just hangs out there every day. So Chris goes to the diner twice a day, every day. And upon meeting her- drinks martinis. How many martinis- how many martinis is he having every single day, twice a day? Why aren't we talking about this part of Chris's life? I mean, hey it's, man. One, it's one you martini. You get a morning martini and an evening martini. Yeah. 
because the the waitress specifies when the FBI is interviewing her that he he like he shows up at eight oh nine, and he's gone at eight eleven. Yeah, yeah. So he's so just he's, slamming he's martini. Not <laughs> sipping that martini. He's like, I'll take a martini. Is that an alcoholic Boom. technically, or is it like in that weird fringe area? You know what? Honestly, if you tip well. I don't think it's going to be a problem for anyone yeah. if you want to be that kind of regular that just shows up twice. A hundred percent. Jay asked me when we were watching this, he's like, would you notice that as a waitress? And I'm like, oh, yeah, absolutely. And I would have the drink waiting for him <laughs> after yeah. like the first couple days. Sure. Upon finally meeting her, they head off for a road trip, which, girl, you just met this dude. I don't care that I don't care that your crazy ex-boyfriend socked him on. Do not take some middling magician who, if he was really fucking talented, would use some goddamn magic to cover up the hairline that's fleeing his face. Oh, my God. It is 2007, not <laughs> 1977. Right. That's picking up a hitchhiker, sis. I, what are you doing? Right. What are you doing? We have movies about this. Right. Also, from the little bit we see of the ex-boyfriend on screen, you get the feeling that baby birding every dude he punches is going to be a full-time job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a douchebag, and they see him go to violence very, very quickly. Right. Like, your insurance rates are going to go up if you want to put those kind of miles on your car, girl. This thin <laughs> pretense aside, the film quickly establishes a romance so that Liz can immediately be fridged when Chris is captured by the feds. Agent Ferris, in unusually flat Julianne Moore, realizes that Liz is being held by the terrorists thereafter, and this causes them to finally join forces. Which is all after they torture him and he breaks out of federal custody. No, you know, all on the up and up is what I'm trying to say. When he was in custody, he had a vision two hours in the future of Liz getting blown up courtesy of the terrorists. Using the feds, and with Agent Ferris's complete acceptance of his powers, like, yeah, 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 this guy can totally see the future. It's cool. They locate the van transporting Liz to the Boom Boom site and shoot it up. Yeah. Using Chris's guidance, it keeps Liz alive. The feds roll up on the port the terrorists have been using as a base. Since Chris can see the future, he's able to navigate the team without any injury directly to them. The feds then clear the terrorists one by one as Chris stalks around looking for Liz. I wish it was the Nosferatu walk from last week's Vampire Kiss. That would have been so good. His precognition and Agent Ferris's gun shoot him in the dome skills somehow save Liz and free her from the hostages. Ferris reminds Chris it isn't over. There's still a nuke somewhere out there. We resolved <laughs> there. the love line plot B, but not the like nuclear plot A. And that's when the nuke goes off. And that's when it cuts to the first time Chris and Liz fucked 45 minutes into the film and left me with a 45-minute excursion into Chris's post-coital clarity. All right, so there, there's really two big topics in this movie. So do we start with the complaints about the ending of the film, or do we start with Nicolas Cage's superpowers? Let's start with his superpowers. So Start with something fun? All right, we'll start with something fun. <laughs> so, yeah, if you couldn't tell from its incredibly descriptive title, Next, Nicolas Cage has the ability to see up to two minutes into the future in all possible permutations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, if he's at a three-way junction, he gets to see what happens if he goes left, right, and center all at the same time. And it appears that he can process it 
almost instantaneously, if not instantaneously. Yeah. It's not really clear that there's like any time for him to actually experience it. There's there's a couple of times where they do stop and show him pausing. So one of the examples is when he's being tortured by the feds and they have him in a chair and his eyes are being forced open and he does a uh, facial movement thing that indicates that he's having this vision and it appears to occur in time. It takes some time for the vision to happen. But there's other times where he's just like strolling around and bullets are being shot at him and he's dodging them because he can see all possible futures and knows how to walk to dodge all bullets. Yeah, the movie rarely actually shows us his future perceptions of time. There's only a couple of times that it actually does some visual stuff to show us what this looks like, uh, which is probably a good thing because it it seems that he can remember basically everything from these like future timelines that he's viewed, which means like one mentally Nicolas Cage is eons old. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Also, he's died a metric fuckton. At least yeah. just right. in the he's movie. He's seen some shit. Right. He has seen some shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we see him in this film in one sequence um, when he's attacking the final bad guy. We see him getting these all, all these different alter versions of himself shot as he walks past all the bullets that would have killed him. And then w- there's all these other scenes in the movie where he's walking through scenes and if you extrapolate that out, it means he's experiencing like a 50 cents worth of trauma every two shots in this movie. Like the man's at like $7 worth. It's it's a <laughs> lot of bullets. You need to go live on a mountaintop by yourself now. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like there's lots of deaths on a mountaintop too. Yeah, but less less likely for it to incur with someone 100%. else. 100%. Yeah, no, absolutely. I would I would much rather be dodging bullets in the city than on a mountaintop because here's the thing. If I'm on a mountaintop and a cougar decides it wants to eat me, I don't think there's any permutation of the next two minutes that gives me any influence on the outcome. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what was your favorite Nick Cage death? Because I have one. My favorite Nick Cage death wasn't a physical death. It was the emotional death of watching him get rejected by Jessica Biel like 15 (laughs) times as he was going through all the different scenarios of how he wanted to hit on her. Yes. Which isn't creepy at all. It's not like stalking or manipulation. Or manipulation. Yeah, no, 100%. This man is executing supernatural stalking. It's a whole new category we didn't know we had to worry about. Yeah, yeah, Nick Cage is basically 2007's Andrew Tate with superpowers. It feels very Steven Seagal, only she would have never turned him down. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, it does have a real Steven Seagal vibe, but to be fair, at least they justify him not getting hit by anything with in-movie logic. Yeah, yeah. All of the sequences right. where he's just dodging punches, that was a really fun application of his powers in the movie. 100%. 100%. Him just, like, moving out of the way, doing, just stepping back, dodging was beautiful. And it was effortless, so it was beautiful. Yeah, so I, 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 maybe it wasn't the spirit of the question, but yeah, I love to watch him get rejected by Jessica Biel over and over. Why? What, what death tickled your pink the most, Jay? <laughs> Uh, it's in the beginning, and it's when Nick Cage steals a fucking charger and gets smoked by a train. Oh, yeah, that was never beat the train, kids. Honestly forgot about that sequence. Wow, yeah, yeah, and then we find out that it's just a vision and that he just has to stand on the gas harder, so he stands on the gas harder and ramps it. 
But the first version, he is midair and gets smoked by the train. You know what? Honestly, I, I, okay, I completely forgot about that sequence. And having you describe it that plainly to me, I'm now furious because why did you need precognition powers, Nicolas Cage, to know that, hey, when I'm running from the police and trying to beat a train, maybe I should have the pedal all the way down. <laughs> you made Gone in 60 Seconds. This is no Eleanor, Dave. This is no Eleanor. I'll tell you it's that. It's not. And, okay, there's. it's a decent segue. It's as decent a segue as <laughs> we're going to get to talk about how bad Nicolas do. Cage is at using his powers in this movie. Oh, my God. He's so because bad. He fundamentally misunderstands his powers. He's an idiot. He's really, really bad. First of all, he, he uses his powers to fund his magician lifestyle because he's not a good magician. <laughs> not at all not at all so he pays his bills by using his powers to win at gambling and he specifically says that he only plays table games against the house he doesn't play against any people and he only takes small and mid-sized bets occasionally only takes small and mid-sized bets no big no big numbers and Nicolas Cage it's a very noble scheme you are a goddamn moron for not playing poker right I just you are 100% mountains of money and this whole like oh i'm only gonna play against the house it's a great use the table games to build up a bankroll then go play high stakes poker there's no good people there you should feel good about robbing (laughs) it's you're just a modern robin hood just baccarat but lose occasionally and the house doesn't give a shit because they get the rake right it's just fine lose a little bit yeah yeah, yeah. You just go to the poker table. You lose a little bit. You mostly win clean fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, but that's just then lose it. ten. Sure, and then win three. Then, and the, you know yeah. what I mean, like book a hotel room for the night. Tell him you want to sleep for a couple hours. Leave in the fucking morning. It's fine. But that's just doing his own schemes, but like bigger. That's not even getting into how he's just not using his powers for other shit. Like he can as. It appears he can remember nearly everything from his time in these all future timelines. Right, right. Why? Okay, I'm glad you're going here. Why is he not walking into a library and reading every book two minutes at a time? Right, and knowing everything. Like, watching, he'd be able to consume everything, read everything. You would. You should be the most learned yeah. person on the fucking planet. I mean, this man can literally... 10,000 monkeys on 10,000 typewriters his way through anything. (laughs) (laughs) And yet he uses it to be mopey. And, you know, I guess I can somewhat understand the obsession over Jessica Biel. Not really. Not really. I mean, she's banging on the eyes. Sure. But listen, speaking of Jessica Biel. Pray for this girl. She earned her check. She had to make out with Nicolas Cage. She did mm. a sex scene. Implied. Impli- I mean, yeah. she was still too yeah. close to Mary from Seventh Heaven. Ugh, Look, God. I think we all girl. appreciated that fade to black, you know? Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Oh, you don't want to see Nick Cage's vinegar strokes no. again? Nope. I absolutely do not know. Oh, oh, oh. I've seen them more times than I'd realized. I have a question. Okay. Have you seen Nick Cage's vinegar strokes more times than your own? 
Probably, yeah. Oh, how do you feel about that? You should invest in a mirror, Dave. You should change those those numbers. How's your ceiling? I can't like mount stuff in that. It's can't or won't. So they get really mad when you put drill holes and stuff. Dave, just use some command strips. Just get some command strips. Put a mirror over totally your bed. No, Absolutely no, nothing not. metal happens. Absolutely so not. safe <laughs> and easy too. I'm not. Ain't nobody fucking under that. <laughs> Look, I put a mirror up there. Is that hanging down? I don't think so. I hope not. <laughs> yeah. I've lived in apartments for 18, 19 years now. I'm very versed on command strips, which means I've just many times just had my shit just fall. Yeah. I love playing that game. There was one. It took us about two weeks to figure yeah. out what it was that yeah. fell. And we're like, oh, it's the candelabra. <laughs> and you're, just, you're just sitting there, and from somewhere in the home, you hear thong. <laughs> what just fell? Jessica Beale's self-esteem. <laughs> Bringing it back. Oh! Jessica Biel was keeping it tight in this movie. You go, girl. Also, I want to steal your teeth so bad. And I mean that in the least creepy way possible. But, like, if I was on one of those, like, total home makeovers, but, like, total mouth makeovers, I'd be like, give me her teeth. Let's be honest. You don't mean it in the least creepy way possible. No, but just not in it. I'm never going to act on it. It's so you're not right. Not in the most creepy way. What is Jessica nope. Biel in that you you like though? Blade three. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's really it. It's just Blade three. She made a Blade movie, and it's yeah. the worst one, but it's still a Blade movie. It's so, I'll take what I can get. Yeah, you get a pass. And she got really good with a bow and arrow for that movie, and gave me a fun movie anecdote. And y'all know how weak I am for those. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He's a big, dirty slut for a fun movie anecdote. I really, really am. Okay, Dave, we're in a Freaky Friday situation. Mm -hmm. You've switched bodies with Jessica Biel. You going into a diner, and she's like, oh, my God, I'm going to eat whatever I want. I'm Jessica Biel. Uh, (laughs) You walk into the diner, tits in hand. That's step one. Smiling ear to ear with your perfect Fucking teeth. See what it's like. <laughs> Just wow, these are great. Um, you sit down, and Nicholas Cage comes over to hit on you. You have a free pass. It's not gay because you're Jessica Beale. Do you turn him down or do you invite him to sit? Oh, I turn him down. I'm Jessica Beale. I can absolutely do better. <laughs> Oh wow! Yeah. Well, Jay, you're not wrong. I I can't. I think Dave's answer is perfect. Yeah. If I'm Jessica Biel, you don't want to fuck your um, heroes. I maybe, but that wouldn't put Nick Cage in my fucking zone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nick Cage is more in the like I desperately want to get drunk with you category. Jessica Biel shutting down Nick Cage before he walked to her table at like Nick Cage try number six. That was my favorite. My that was my favorite death was (laughs) the death of that moment. The death of a seat. Like 
I don't like the fucking cut of your jib, mister. Turn the fuck around. Yeah, that and was. she's just like, no, 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 don't come talk to me. That you was don't need to. I loved that one, but it was also one of the bigger. It. I guess that was my she's not six months pregnant of the week because <laughs> I'll, I'll walk you through the whole way we got there. Nick Cage is coming to this diner every day, twice a day, and knocking back a martini waiting for her. So when she finally walks in, we see that he just absolutely stares her down the moment she walks through the door till she gets to her table. Yes. And that just happens. That's not him using his time powers. That's him going, oh, holy shit, she just walked in. Then he proceeds to yeah. stare at her while she's yeah. looking through the menu. Yeah. He stares at her for a while, and then he starts running the numbers on the future on how he's going to hit on her. And in one of these, we see that the moment he gets up to walk over there, she looks at him and says, no, gives him the please don't. And he sits back down. So obviously she's aware that he's been eye fucking her from the moment she walked in the door. Right. I took that as retroactively. He was running all the scenarios while he was staring her down. Cause he's like, who is this bitch? Gotcha. So you think that uh, there must be a timeline where he's like, okay, I didn't. God, wait, does that mean that this man, most of the time when he's walking about the world, he's just staring people down going, I'm just going to rewind time anyways. Let me get a good angle on you before I go back. Yeah. Quite possibly. Yeah. Jesus. At this point, he's turning into like some terrifying version of Mr. Mixia Spitlick. Yes, or I'm like just imagining like King. he's going to figure out what it takes to fuck you if he wants to, Dave. <laughs> and you better beware. You yeah, better I, beware. Everybody's got a weakness. Think every conversation with him becomes terrifying. Yeah. Like what what this movie at all doesn't even entertain or focus on or think about is how absolutely horrifyingly powerful Nick Cage is in this film. What kind of person is he? Even just his two-minute power, when we start to see that he gets the ability to see days into the future and and even use his power within his power. It gives us some really fun glimpses of it. The sequence when he is dodging all of the casino security on the way out by just doing some, like, modern day oceans 11 version of the like dancing in the rain sequence absolutely brilliant loved every minute of that so that might be my favorite sequence in the entire agreed that's the only time there was any kind of tension it was the only time it was really really enjoyable so the sequence is nicholas cage in a casino uh, just walking through doing a whole series of like otherwise ordinary movements pausing to light a cigarette, tie his shoe, waiting for a few moments, walking away. But every single one of them, he's timing it so that like someone will be blocking him from a camera. Someone will be blocking him from a security guard. A guard will walk by while he's tying his shoe. It is really, really smartly put together. And it, it ends with him slipping into the bathroom, taking his coat off and his uh, jacket, stuffing him in the trash can, stealing a guy's hat and walking out and looking different enough. And and again, as Casey said, there's this actual anxiety and tension as though he might get caught because it's smooth, but there's still the element of surprise in there. And I, I was on the hook the whole time. The intro this he movie looked like slaps. an incognito Brett Michaels coming out of that fucking yeah. bathroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Ooh, it's it phenomenal. Was something. I, applaud, I loved it. I applaud the movie for resisting the temptation to find music that worked underneath it. You would have turned it into Hudson Hawk and it would have been terrible. <laughs> Agreed. And it's funny because they use his powers later to much more dramatic effects. And I'm I'm less interested in it the more dramatic it gets. Like, at one point, the feds are raiding this uh, this house he's at with Liz. And he tells Liz, wait, uh, you know, like 45 seconds, read this, do exactly what it says. And he runs and he jumps down the side of this cliff and starts running down. Well, she runs a truck into a fucking water tower, which starts basically a landslide. Which an avalanche. Ends up, yeah, getting like fucking an avalanche and there's shit just rushing down and, and he's dodging it and, and he does a weird Superman pose which is really extraneous <laughs> to dodge something where he could have so just ducked for a minute until it went over him. Unnecessary. So unnecessary. But it's it's extravagant and and I get like how he's using his powers to avoid it, but it there's no tension in it then. And it I don't know. It just doesn't work as well as right. the beginning. No, there isn't. Uh what what really Okay. There isn't any tension. I enjoyed that sequence, but I enjoyed it more so from me like playing out hypotheticals in my head. Because it's clear from the movie that uh, Nicolas Cage's character tries not to kill people. Like, he's just doing all of this as a diversion. So I yeah. loved it from the standpoint of one of the federal agents later on talking about, like, you don't want to get that case, man. You, <laughs> you, think, you think you got the guy and then a fucking truck falls off a mountain at you. <laughs> Avalanches chase him, but dodge around him. I don't fucking know what I'm saying. I just know that it happened. I need a drink. You don't have enough vacation time. My therapist stopped taking my calls, okay? Can I say something negative about Jessica Beale and her perfect fucking teeth? Sorry to loop it back to her, but I this Absolutely. just popped in my mind. Is it specifically about the teeth or No, yeah. no, no. no. Okay, it's something okay. that offends me. Um when Nicolas Cage is hitting on her in the diner and he's fighting her ex-boyfriend <laughs> and he's got one arm behind his back and he's grabbed him by the ear and has his head down on the table, he makes his ear rain quarters and he's like, oh, buy the lady breakfast. And she's like, I can buy my own breakfast, thanks. No, you clap. And then you're like, mm, I don't need your charity. I but am somewhat shocked you had mixed feelings about that scene. I couldn't believe she was immediately like, Ugh. if a dude is willing to fight your ex and do a magic trick, like, I'm not saying you have to invite him to sit with you, but you can take his money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, the most unbelievable part of that sequence, I get, I guess, maybe Jessica Biel not being into it, but we're in what appears to be like a shithole diner. How is there There's not, not one drunk person that be like, to. "Holy yeah, shit!" Right, yeah, right. Do me Where's next. He? <laughs> he's I in don't that know. diner. I At know he's either in eight that diner. in the mornings, yeah, in Vegas. Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. I'm just saying. I've been to Vegas. I've seen fights erupt. Someone nearby is into it. Classing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I'm glad you're talking about the magic in this film because I know that some people have really polarizing ideas of magic. And he and he tries to woo um, Jessica Biel with magic more than once because at one point he does the paper rose, light it on fire, give her a real rose. And that's how he gets laid, by the way. Would that would that work to get laid? With you, no. Case? no. Okay. I'm not going to no. learn that trick then. 
Nick Cage's magic in this movie is fucking great, by which I mean it is just the worst thing ever. And, like, oh, we, yeah. We find yes. out that he uses yes. his magic powers in his magic act by, like, knowing that an audience member's necklace is going to break in the next two minutes. So he calls her on stage. So, like, hey, watch this. Your necklace is going to break. <laughs> hey, it broke. I'm a magician. Wait a minute, though. Like, <laughs> if they don't play by the script and he's like, shut up, shut up. It's, <laughs> it's happening. Like, I want to see that there's got to be versions where the people don't play by the script. I honestly but there were so much more fun versions of this that they could have done since they showed they were going to do some cool stuff with his powers why not a sequence where he's like pick a card any card he goes through the whole trick with them and like and your card was the ace of diamonds and they go no it wasn't your card was the two of diamonds no it wasn't (laughs) your card was the three and we just cut forward until he gets it he can do that it would work Right. He's the world's worst magician where he doesn't know a single trick. He just <laughs> yeah. has to go through ten yeah. million different scenarios. Honestly, that might make for the perfect magic trick though, because if you were really actually inept at the traditional right. illusion of sleight of hand and magic and could still pull it off, that is the kind of shit that would fool Penn and Teller. Or hey, look, you already admitted he can dodge bullets. Let's go in a little weirder angle with it. How about a knife throwing act? You don't have to show us the alternate timelines. Let us talk about them on this (laughs) podcast. Yeah. Also, as his spouse, if I ever stub my toe on your watch, fuck you. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, there's so much I would be mad. Oh, yeah. All right. I guess that works. Let's talk about uh, other people knowing about Nick Cage's powers. Okay. Because it gets mentioned briefly in the movie that when he was a kid, some agency grabbed him and tested him and tortured him. And it's almost an emotional sequence. It's not. Stranger Things did it better. They had much more emotion. Also, if I'm your friend, Nicolas Cage, I shouldn't be broke. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, you can't give me a couple Powerball numbers. (laughs) Well, it almost for me worked. Okay, it didn't work. But it was almost an emotional sequence until you find out that Nicolas Cage's definition of torture includes a really long guess the flashcard sequence. And... At that point, I immediately just flash back to the Twix commercial of the guy who can always guess whether it's a left or right Twix. (laughs) Did we talk about his hair? Yeah. Multiple times. I don't think we talked about it enough. Not at length, but yeah. Go off. Let's talk about the length. We didn't talk about it as long as it is. That's fair is helmet shaped it looks like in the old movies where the guy like think of kung pao where they have a guy with big voluminous hair but they literally shave his hairline back six inches to like a bonnet shape yeah i i am impressed with nicholas cage's hairdresser's ability style for every film that is always incorrect It's always wrong. I know. Haven't seen him with a right haircut yet. (laughs) 
it's really i you would love to have had a conversation with someone where they're like and this is it and you're like really you have For chosen real? the wrong answer so many times <laughs> in a row the over under must be insane on this. We one. have AI. Why aren't we using this to find a hairline that fits his weird ass face? There's got to be mathematically. There's got to be one out there. Stop it. Have we tried Stop bald? It. Is that much worse? Oh, I don't it's know. A, that's scared. a gamble, right? That's a gamble. You ah, shave I'm it off scared. and find out. Oh my God, no! This is. I'm so gonna much Google worse. it. Hold on. Pray for me. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just going to gauge from the reactions. All right. As much as I would love to talk more about how badly Nicolas Cage uses his God powers in this movie. Because, again, seriously, there's, there's so many better ways of using this. Anyways, whatever. We need to get down to the question we ask every week. And, Casey, I'm going to kick it off with you. So... From 2007, technically kind of, sort of, if you squint and look at it sideways, based upon the works of Philip K. Dick, and starring Nicolas Cage, next, would you watch it again? I, I would be pissed if I were Jessica Biel. Whatever she got paid, <laughs> it wasn't enough, but I'm glad he didn't breen her and make there be a sex sequence where they actually have flesh-on-flesh contact, because I'm, no, no. Um... This movie could be rather boring in parts, but also the premise was dumb enough for me to enjoy and to just <sighs> pick apart every scene going, well, why did you do this and not that? Why didn't it? Why didn't it? You know, I, I like to backseat drive this film. <laughs> Jessica Biel is so stunningly beautiful. She's perfectly sun-kissed. Her teeth are just, I think, the, what the gates of heaven are made out of. <laughs> Julianne Moore, flat as a pancake, but also (laughs) just gorgeous when her hair isn't also as flat as her performance. Some of those outdoor shots, I could tell it was humid and they did not use the right hair product in your hair. Um, I think, especially in comparison to last week, yes, I would watch this again. I forgot how bad Nicolas Cage can be. And he wasn't that bad this week compared to last week. So, yes, a relative yes for me. Uh, Jay, how about you? Next, with Nicolas Cage and Mary from Seventh Heaven, would you watch it again? Casey, I think I'm mostly with you on your description of the movie. Nick Cage is a lot of fun. I really loved the power set. Dave had previously talked to me and mentioned the powers from this. And now I get every time that there's a survey that comes up of like, what superpowers do you want? He always says Nick Cage's powers from next because yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yes. So I get that. And I love the concept. I love some of the scenes of this. It's a lot of fun. That being said, when I told Dave, yay, I now get to watch the last 18 (laughs) minutes of the film after that being interrupted and then they pull this whole number on me where they go, oh, oh, yeah, this whole fucking movie that you've been watching this entire time is actually just been precognition in a dream. It's oh, just like Twilight thing. 4. Oh, we're just going to end gonna here. He's going to imprint on your baby. You'll have no idea what happened. Ah, fuck you. No, I'm not going to watch next again. Oh. You can go get fucked. 
I'm so mad. I had so much fun with it, and then they fucked me. So no, I won't watch next again. But Dave, you did this to us. It's not your first viewing. Next, would you watch it again? It is absolutely not my first viewing of this movie. And uh, man, there are some really good things in this movie. The sequence of Nicolas Cage evading all of the casino security to get out at the beginning of it. Fantastic. I absolutely love it. It is a ton of fun. The sequences when he's like splitting out into doppelganger versions of himself in different timelines to explore a factory. Really cool visually looking when he's getting shot in alternate timelines to dodge bullets in the primary one. It's a really fun, uh, cool sequence, and I like how they depict his powers in a bunch of different ways. And it's fun to think about his powers and what they would do. But then we have the ending, which I I took Schadenfreude in knowing that Jay was suffering through the last 18 minutes of this movie. <laughs> but let me say, it is so absolutely mad. infuriating to have the movie end on in, it was all a dream, you imagine a better one. Because that's how it ends. And also, this movie ends, er, and also this movie exists in a special category with Edge of Tomorrow for me in ones who made their title so impossibly generic as to be pointless. <laughs> it serves You wanted to end up in the back of a movie store. It serves literally yeah. no purpose, and you've made an yeah. otherwise decent film much worse with that choice. But I yes. really like those sequences, and I really like thinking about what his powers in this movie could do. So despite the god-awful ending... No time soon, but eventually, yes, I will watch next again. <laughs> oh, Jay. So that I'm means. I'm so salty about the ending. I, I absolutely so salty. understand that. It is, it, it is one of the most insulting endings of a movie I think I've ever seen. I would have. I, I had fun. It would have been a yes. It would have been a yes. It would have been a yes. They genuinely just did the it was all just a dream on the ending of their own fucking movie. So that means two out of three of us would watch Nicolas Cage's next again. And Jay is out on an island by himself screaming about the ending. But listener at home, what about you? Have you seen it once? Can you stomach sitting through that absolute rug pull of an ending again? (laughs) Well, that was fun for this week. Next week, we're going to close out Uncaged Month with a movie that's near and dear to my heart because because I watched James Bond and Nick Cage in this film so many times that I think I'd need to take my shoes off to count them all. That's right. We're going to be watching The Rock. Damn it. Oh, my. Don't make me find bad things to say about The Rock. I want to go home and fuck the cheerleader, Jay. Uh, <laughs> Case, I hope you're ready to watch Nick Cage juggle some Delta 7 nerve gas. It's like Delta 8, like the fake weed? Or wait, <laughs> what is Nick Cage doing? Bath salts. In the meantime, follow us on Instagram at Casey.Cinema. Like us on Facebook, sh.ttycinema. Um, I don't know. Maybe cheat a casino and donate that money and launder it through Patreon slash Shitty Cinema or PeepShittyCinema.com. Don't do that one thing if it's illegal. Wink. Check the show notes for those links. And in the meantime, let's turn out the lights. Turn down Nick Cage in a diner. And don't 
take a fucking hitchhiker, Mary from Seventh Heaven. Didn't you guys have a hitchhiker? Didn't your brother Matt get robbed by a pregnant hitchhiker? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you learn nothing. Huh?